Previously on AMC's The Walking Dead. Didn't find him. I trailed my gold. Aren't you still angry? About what he did? If he was here right now, I'd cut him in two. Because that's how it needs to be. Be careful. He's a sick man. Welcome to PPN's The Pulping Dead. Hi, Mike. I'm one-legged AMB. You you invoked the name in the description. I know, I know. I'm uh, I'm feeling rebellious. My God, and it's just that kind of episode, Mike. It's beards everywhere, and then we have one yeah. other person here, a special guest. Who? They call me T Tendons. <laughs> I just like how I made that joke in like passing last week, and suddenly it's come to life. <laughs> I, too, am a man of God. <laughs> no, no, no. That can't be revealed until the next episode. Yeah, yeah, once you're gone. I would love to see the next episode. You guys just talk to me really fondly in passing. <laughs> James was the best of us. Oh, God. You know all the things he did? All the great things he did? <laughs> he died saving <laughs> By the way, in retrospect, that seems like a poor choice. Oh, anyway. oh god, I'm going to die and then immediately afterwards MB's going to die and that's all anyone will care about. <laughs> I die giving birth. <laughs> to Matt's baby. Matt has I'm going to name him a little ass kicker. Matt eats that oh, oh, oh god, Matt is Daryl. <laughs> Matt is somehow Daryl and Merle. <laughs> anyway, the, the episode title, Mike. Yes, we're here to discuss, uh, fuck, what was it, episode six of season four? Yeah. yeah, six, six, that's right. Professional show here at the Pulping Death. <laughs> episode six of season four, live bait. The return of the governor. Oh, God. Swage, love. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's the return of the governor after yesterday's, or last week's, uh, yesterday's, after it last like yesterday. Of, it does. After last week's amazing reveal at the end of, um, I forget what it was called. Tournament. In tournament. It was called The Governor's Back. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that was basically all we talked about on last episode because... And we were Mike wrong just, about everything, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, our theories were wrong, but um, the, the spirit was the same. Remember like, the entire time... The entire time we were watching this, like we were just texting each other excitedly, like, "Oh God, what's he gonna do next? Oh, he's gonna kill all of them. <laughs> he's gonna eat them." <laughs> I, I will say, all my talk about all their pre- them removing all pretense with the governor and just making him pure evil was so off. <laughs> yeah, it was it was off. But to be fair, it's like it's pretty easy to make that kind of assumption because the governor, by this point, it seemed like his arc had already been completed. But to be fair, like we really hadn't thought about the fact that, yeah, something dramatically shifted at the last episode of last season because he just kind of didn't have an army anymore. So something kind of had to – like in retrospect, it kind of makes sense because something kind of had to change in order for him to – like you can't really have him out in the wilderness just kind of eating his own feces. Yes, you can. Watch. It's yeah, Morrissey. I mean, you can, but it's like, at the same time, it just kind of sets itself up for something that isn't 
exactly what you and I predicted last week because we were kind of thinking on the verge of, okay, it's season three governor. It's, you know, the last time we saw him, he he murdered everyone. So he's just going to try and murder again. Yeah. But I I am glad that they're, it seems like they're doing something very different with him now instead of just governor two. this time it's personal. Yeah. But I will admit that yesterday when we were watching the episode, I think Mike and I were a little disappointed while we were watching it. Yeah. And that disappointment went away afterwards, which is – I'm going to explain why. The thing is this episode is actually heavily inspired by Robert Kirkman's Rise of the Governor novel, which I accidentally kind of discovered because I was looking and I think Mike had actually texted me something about it where – he was saying, like, I wonder if they're doing, like, a reverse origin or something like that. And I went – I just kind of thought, well, they did Rise of the Governor. I remember Scott Gemple bringing that up as far as inspiration for when the governor would return. So I went on Wikipedia, looked up, like, some events from that book, like a summary. And wouldn't you know it, like, there's a family in an apartment. I mean, it's basically scene for scene – this episode with some key differences because obviously it's supposed to be an origin story, but all in all, it is the same beat in terms of like the important stuff. Like you have the governor and his group in the book um, stumble upon this apartment with this family who's it's the same group of characters, like two sisters, a girl, and a dying dad. Yeah, there is there is no little girl though. There's the little girl in the story is Penny. Obviously, Penny's you know. Yeah, in reverse thing. So yeah, she's a stand in. Kinda, the show kind of acts that, but um, blame everything on the black chick. It's like, always hey, got to be the I, black chick. Always got to be the black chick. Hey, hey, hey. Tyrese was innocent. Okay, Tyrese was innocent. Anyway, um, <clears throat> in the novel, it's it goes down very differently, much more harshly, because the governor is kind of it's about his becoming of the character that we know in the comic book it's a, it's actually um for those who don't know rise of the governor spoilers spoilers i actually haven't read it but i've read uh, like a detailed summary of it yeah you kind of follow philip and then his brother brian which the governor used the name brian this episode because it's revealed in rise of the governor that brian is actually the governor after philip dies and he takes the name philip for himself yeah because he kind of completely loses it and Throughout the story, Philip's doing governor-like things. When they get to the uh, apartment building, get in there, the stuff with the elderly father happens and all that. You know, they have to kill him after he comes back. Yeah, and specifically, uh, Philip bashes him in, just yeah. like he did in this episode. And there's there's tension after that, and a lot but, of what happens. I mean, directly falling out of that is just kind of adapted here. Yeah, I, I you know I'm, the book. That kind of part ends a little bit differently. They're kind of ran away from the apartments after uh, Philip uh, rapes one of the women. Yeah, really, the one that Devner had sex, consensual sex with in this episode. Yeah, but um, weird there. Yeah, there's some stuff that's obviously I. Th- I'm pretty sure. I mean, it looks like a lot of that is going to play out in the next episode, where it's kind of oddly enough, like. If going off the novel and the way they followed it, this seems like it's setting up the governor to get his humanity back and then have it taken away all over again 
only for him to become even more evil. That's what I. That's what it seems like. Like I was kind of mixed on the episode till we start talking about how it relates to Rise of the Governor and how this is like this two parter is going to be their mini reverse version version of Rise of the Governor. Yeah, made me feel a little bit better that they weren't trying, especially with the with the arc of the show being can you come back from who you were. Yeah, uh, obviously they're relaying that now onto the governor, which I think is actually kind of interesting. Yeah, I think the big problem that you and I had with it when we were watching the episode was that we both thought that this is a this is the TV show writer's version of what happens to him, yeah. and they're going to try they're trying to make him good or something like that. Yeah, they they not only that, but it's like I think you made the comment of of their if they're going to go through his making him evil again, that would be pointless. Yeah, it would just be why are we trying to drag this out for like. Another and the way you the way you said it, it was like they were you thought they were going to do something like that, where it was like he wouldn't become evil again until the end of the season. Yeah, like they were going to go over a long period of time of him being good, and then he was going to turn evil again. Which I think would have been a terrible way to Ter- go about. It. I, I would literally almost stop watching the show because that would just be a gigantic waste of time. Yeah, just yeah. be a shaggy dog story. I mean, personally, I didn't have the same reservations with the episode. I kind of hope they if I'd hope that they don't just go full on with it well the governor's redeemed now or anything like that no. yeah, that that's would where also they would feel fail. like a cheat yeah but I kind of like the duality of how it relates to Rick with Rick starting this series as this stalwart guy who's standing four square for all that's good and just and then him just descending into the character we know now who's not a bad guy, but also has a lot of darkness in his heart, and kind of doing the reverse thing with the governor, where he's just pure evil whenever we meet him, and then he goes through some shit and ends up a similarly neutral character. Yeah, it's it's really interesting the way that this season is tackled, um, taking characters that have already been pre-established in the three seasons prior, and then kind of turning them on their head to examine really who they are, like even a character as inconsequential in the past as, like, Beth. Like, they've taken Beth and actually given her an arc of some sort. With Carol, I mean, that's the biggest example, of course, but um, it's really just kind of reflected in everybody, which I like. Yeah, the be- best strength of this season so far has been giving, it, giving you just enough plot for the show to be moving forward, but to have all these small character moments that... The series as a whole has always lacked. That's always been the show's biggest problem is even in the stuff like season two where they're just kind of spinning their wheels, it felt like it was an overly plot heavy show where, you know, all the characters talk about is uh, how do we get from point A to point B in this episode? And now they're slowing it down so that it's just these, this series of little bottle episodes where we really get to know these characters. And it, I think I've said this to Mike a couple of times before. All the episodes this season feel like what I always imagined the Walking Dead comic was like. Yeah, I can. It's it's kind of amazing how subtle this season is, even compared to like season three, which I've said time and time again. And season three is one of my favorite seasons of a TV show ever. This really kind of highlights just kind of how upfront and really without any sort of subtext that season had. Like it was just kind of. It was there on a very plain level, and this one has a lot more bubbling under the surface, which is a very interesting way to 
tackle just how do you top season three? Yeah, it seems like they're almost auto-correcting with this season, all of the faults of the previous seasons. I mean, they even opened this episode about giving the governor the epilogue he should have had in last year's finale. Yeah, yeah, I, I really actually like that, that it didn't just go, well, the governor's, you know, been hiding out for six months, this is what he's doing now. It actually shows from the very moment that he mowed down those people, and he and Martinez and the other guy drive off. And I just love that scene of him just sitting at the campfire right after, and he's just shell-shocked. Like, it's not so much shell-shocked as it's... He's just frozen. Like, he, he doesn't know what he did with himself, but at the same time, he's still a very sick man. And he just kind of wants that walker to eat him, it seemed like. It reminded me very much of Rick after Lori died. Yeah, yeah. It, it would have been awesome if uh, Morrissey just went around saying stuff and things. Stuff and things. <laughs> this picks, he picks up a telephone, and here's Penny on the other end. And <laughs> 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 what also was nope. nice to finally learn what the fuck happened to Woodbury. It's like, oh, that's yeah. why they didn't go back to it. He burned it to the ground yeah, while posing like a supervillain. Which was an awesome scene, by the way, because we finally got to see him drive a truck through something, which almost makes up for the lack of tank last That's season. what we said earlier. <laughs> there was a split second where I thought it was a tank. Yeah, no, I was I was really hoping. But um, like I just love the fact that it takes you by surprise at pretty much every turn. Like, it, it was kind of, when we were watching it, it was kind of a negative thing because we almost felt like they were delaying the inevitable. And then when it didn't happen, it was like, wait, what? But, I mean, once we got context and stuff, it's like, oh, well, that makes sense now. Yeah. I, I, it was weird to watch because it was so unexpected. Like, I didn't know they were doing any of this with the show. And I immediately didn't go to Rise of the Governor because I've never read it. I only know the events of the story. Yeah. But it was and just like – I mean, again, the only reason I went to it was because you made an offhand comment about, like, a reverse origin story. So there was – if I hadn't looked that up, there's a possibility we would have come on not liking this episode. Yeah, I, I, my feelings would have been a lot more mixed. I mean, I like it. It's a good episode, but I think it was very yeah I unexpected mean, as a... I mean, if we had come on and had a negative outlook on it, I think it would have been very unfair to the episode itself because it would have all been based around the fact that what we wanted to happen didn't happen. Whereas this episode is really chock full of quality. Yeah, it's also one of those things where the mixed feelings have more to do with the fact that we haven't seen the end of the story yet. Like it would, it more depends like how the second part ends. Yeah, and then how we go back and feel about the first part it would be kind of that. But now knowing that it's rise of the governor, you know, governor's kind of going on this very. It's a dark journey where he's he's a very sick guy who's trying to come back up but it's obviously probably yeah it's not gonna work it's doomed Um, he's just gonna go all the way back again and he's probably gonna get a uh, you know a team of bandits now and a mustache oh yeah oh can we uh speaking of speaking of hair (laughs) crazy hair we got it we got crazy hair talking about every goddamn episode we got crazy hair now In, in an episode where the governor was just wolverine for an hour now I I did I had given up all hope of seeing Crazy Hair because we saw like the preview episode and it looked like he had the same hair and um I pretty much said all right all right all right well at least we're getting Governor back but then it cut to that 
shot of him walking along the road, and I was like, <gasps> it, you Master it was, Chief gasped. It was like Christmas. Like, like I hobo Christmas. Crazy like, hair and beard. I don't know what it is about the idea of seeing the governor with long hair, but I just love the, the idea of making him look like the comics and it being David Morrissey. Uh, I really wish they kept the long hair because it looks pretty yeah. fucking awesome on him. Yeah, it, it did. It, it, it actually, like, it made him look a lot like Snake Plissett. It really did. Like, like I was actually turning back to it on the rerun, and it was the scene of him, you know, looking in the tub, and there's that faceless zombie. And, like, from an angle, he really does look like Russell in that film. They, they mentioned that on Talking Dead, I believe. Yeah. yeah I'm and, sure uh, that was intentional, too. <laughs> I just love the fact that it's like, the governor throughout this whole episode is pretty much dead. Like, like just, there's nothing registering. and He doesn't know what he is. <laughs> he doesn't know, like, what he's doing, really, in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't know how to react to anything basic. Um, it's only His when body he, language is terrifying. Yeah, whenever he, like, just, it's just, like, random simple tasks that the family has him go on that really kind of, you see the gears starting to work themselves. And he almost, like, when he takes the picture out of him and Penny and his former wife, it seems like he's kind of thinking to himself, you know, maybe maybe I've been going about this all wrong. And then as the episode progresses, he starts to just, he folds over his half of the photo, and then by the end of it, he just burns it, which I, I love uh, the subtle touch of that because it's like, it's him kind of coming to the realization that no, no, there's no way to redeem myself for what I did, so I'm just gonna burn it all. Like a crazy guy not understanding if he should be crazy or not. Yeah. Like I, I love him explaining the events of what led him there to the uh, to the family, saying the guy in charge went crazy. Yeah. Almost like he's trying to divorce himself from himself. Which, when you watch the episode, you think it's just him trying to mislead them. Because you you think, you know, oh, he's still evil. He's still, you know, the same governor at the end of season three. You know, he's just trying to mislead them. And maybe he'll, like, convince them to go against Rick. And that's the first part of his army. And then he'll go off and get other parts of his army. And that'll be how it ends up. And as this episode progresses, you realize it's not, no, he just doesn't have a clue of where to go from here. And he's trying to rationalize it in his mind. Yeah, again, he's like in that season three Rick uh, kind of paradox where he's like, I've just become this horrible thing and I don't recognize myself anymore. Yeah. There's no one else around me to keep me sane. But I think for the governor, what it's going to end up going is that his, like with Rick in this season was him reclaiming his his leadership role and his role as the leader of the show. I think for governor, it's going to be realizing he has to reclaim being the governor. Yeah, pretty much because, and that who he is, is a very sick, disturbed man. I will say this. If you, if you look up the rise of the governor, you can kind of tell where next, where the next episode is going or where it's for all intents and purposes. I really hope is where it's going because I think it seems likely. There's some pretty intense stuff that happens that could easily just kind of shake him out of this funk and say, okay, screw logic, screw trying to redeem myself. I'm going back on the course. I'm going to take the prison. And that's really when the governor is going to return. 
I do love that the governor's new origin episode is a two-parter. I know. Fuck it, he's the governor. <laughs> I, I think I made the comment yesterday to Mike. Uh, it's basically going to become governor of the show for this episode and the next because I just love the fact that The Walking Dead can do that. Like like last season, they had the whole his whole introduction was a governor focused episode, and now they're doing it again. I just I love the fact that they can do that, and it doesn't feel cheap. Yeah, it's like, very it comic feel, booky. I feel like yeah, this reminded me very much like a comic. Like you see, like you know, the Joker go on some kind of weird. It's almost like, like an annual. Yeah, like you know, it's like the Joker thought thinks Batman's dead and is kind of just wandering around, going through things. Yeah. Like it's kind of like that with the Governor. Like it's this weird, condensed story that, much like a comic, you're just going to watch this villain go on this unexpected kind of journey. He's, he's going to pretty much end up the villain again, but he's kind of like rebirthing himself almost. And I also like like the fact that this whole episode is kind of going out of its way to give the governor some bit of humanity, which I'll admit, even season three governor, he never really had humanity. Like he had a little bit of it when he still had Penny. And of course, he completely lost it whenever, you know, Penny was killed and he got his eye chopped out. But um he was always really just evil. I mean, there was there was just an inexplicable amount of darkness in him. Like the moment that he uh, shoots those soldiers from early on in season three. Hashtag funnel. <laughs> um, it just it's interesting to see that this is an unabashed attempt to actually give him make him seem like a human being for once, giving is, even more context to his madness, which I kind of like. Yeah. Like that that's really a great tool for really any villain is to show them have a bit of levity or a bit of insight into, you know, how they became what they became. And rather than do like something like a flashback episode which would have been weird and convoluted and Yeah, I wouldn't have worked. Would have, yeah, it would have taken it off course. Like this is going out of its way to organically just kind of bring him back to where he needs to be. Because at the end of the season three it's like Again, where do you go? And this is the answer, which I, I really like. Yeah, I like how there's still there was still crazy in Governor in this episode too. Yeah, like particularly with the in the pit at the very end, where he's uh, you know I'm not sure how he killed a zombie by ripping its neck out, but that's not important. He did he it because he's the governor. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure like for that scene he had super strength <laughs> just because he's the governor. He went into his berserker rage. <laughs> And even and then when he grabs pen and when he grabs the girl, it feels like he's really just. It feels almost slightly insane when he does that and starts telling her he's going to protect her because he's really projecting Penny on top of her now. Yeah. So it feels like this goodness is still kind of this goodness he's kind of showing is twisted still. Yeah, it's still it's off kilter. Yeah, he's really just trying a take two on who he was before the governor more than. Well, while still having that history of being the governor behind him, which makes everything a lot more horrifying. Yeah. So, I mean, this episode is really just, I mean, I'm actually surprised at how many strong episodes have come in a row after such a weird, almost off-putting beginning. Yeah. yeah it, almost every episode of this season has gone up to be one of my favorite episodes of the series. Well, it's amazing how focused the series is now. Like, that was the one problem with the past seasons, was a very – it's focused wavered a lot. And now it's very focused on what it needs to be. Every episode's tight, 
just laser sharp and they have they know ex- they're playing exactly to the arc of the season and they're putting everything in a row. It feels like a season where they already know how it's going to end, which yeah. helps. I'm using symbolism and subtext a lot, like the whole chess conversation in this episode, which is really good. Yeah. So it's you can lose pawns thing, and then you know putting the eye patch on the king. I know, I know that was a really nice touch to say, but um, I mean, just the fact that throughout this entire episode, you don't really, you don't have that villain moment with him. I mean, you have definitely you have intense moments when he's beating the crap out of that father after he's turned. With a uh, with a oxygen tank, which by the way was amazing. Yeah, he has flashes of sheer violence, and that, yeah. that, the action tank, the uh, oxygen tank thing was cool because just him just just going way over the top with just going completely insane, then immediately cutting him, just digging the guy's grave. Yeah, really good editing. But I just, I just love the fact that they can do this, that they can treat every character individually like human beings, and still have them be their, you know, their elevated versions of himself like you know rick at the end of the day is going to become probably a combination of season three rick and what he was trying to be at the beginning at the end of the day the governor is flat out evil uh at the end of the day uh you have characters like tyrese who hopefully will eventually become a lot like the comic book tyrese um you have michonne who's just never really changed at all and that's for the good but you wrong. still, you still have that depth to them. Which is what my point is: is that you still have that development where you don't have to just play into that archetype of what they are. Yeah the um, the show just as a far just as a psychology standpoint is really more than hit its stride and really treating characters better than a lot of shows actually treat characters at this point. Yeah, especially after faltering so much with characters um, in previous seasons. Now is treating them in very, really well-rounded ways and watching them transform in very organic ways instead of just deciding, like, oh, they're crazy now, or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You can chart how they've evolved. Uh, even with Carol, it was almost kind of retroactive how they did that. In this season, you can almost chart her back to her first appearance in season one all the way to here, and it makes sense. Yeah, and the same with Herschel. Like, the way he's in Season 2 compared to how he is now is almost completely different, but you believe it. Yeah. I, I just It's a really well-done show at this point, and I'm so glad that it didn't falter after um, Glenn Mazzara left, because that was the big fear, yeah. was that, you know, with, with changing of the guard all the time, like, eventually someone has to ruin it, and... At first, it seemed like Scott Gimple might be the guy, but no, he's he's really actually doing a really good job now. Yeah, the show, is, I think, is what it should be, finally. Yeah. And by the way, saying all this, we could still be really pissed off in that next episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not, like, guaranteed that it's, what it's, we think will happen will happen. I just really hope it does, because yeah. if it, that's, if it's going to be a really intense episode, for one thing, and also, I just really want to see Morrissey act the hell out of it again. He's so fucking awesome. Because his performance in the episode, oh oh my god, I mean, he's just, he and Andrew Lincoln are like the rocks of this show. And just his, I was talking about this with Mike earlier, his insane body language in this episode, 
where he's just slow and zombie-like one second, then gets really fast and squirrely out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I actually did like disturbing. the fact that I noticed that he was acting a lot like a walker, where it's just the way he, he was just kind of lost. And I could easily have seen them shooting him down because he, he was just walking towards them in such a way that he was almost indistinguishable from the dead. Subtext, MB. <laughs> we all have it. I rewatched the beginning montage earlier. So good. And once again, even more like a comic book with the way dialogue from later in the scene is pasted over a silent sequence. It was a very comic book episode. There was an, uh, I mean, I've been mentioning things I love about this episode all episode, but just the fact that they got comic book governor out of the way in like the first five minutes. <laughs> Like, he just got to be season three governor for a good amount of time before they finally just pe- peeled back the curtain and showed, like, crazy-haired, lost oboe governor. Just walking Wolverine until he governor. dies. I really like him just walking until he's probably just going to die. Yeah. Just aimlessly. Looking like a skeleton. It was awesome. Yeah, Morrissey actually, uh, I found that out, Morrissey lost weight for this episode. He did? I thought they just put yeah. baggy clothes on to make him look like that. No, he lost weight for it. Like, that's insane to think about, because, like, it's just, it's TV. You wouldn't really need to do that. He lost weight for one episode. That's amazing. Yeah. I should have seen him on Talking Dead. He looks like a guy who lost a ton of weight and gained it back really fast. He pulled a bail. Yeah, he's got the fat man look. <laughs> he could play Batman. Could. I'd love he... to see English Batman. <laughs> English Southern Batman. <laughs> David Morrissey is Matt Johnson. Yeah. Hero, as a man from the South. (laughs) (laughs) As our local South resident. How do you feel about Morrissey's accent? I love how Morrissey has that one accent that almost all English actors get whenever they try to sound like the South, where they just sound like they're from some part of Louisiana. I did. I do actually get like a Louisiana and vibe from Morrissey's portrayal of Governor for some reason. He loves jambalaya. <laughs> Wrestle them gators. That's why he went insane. He spilled his jambalaya. That's why he wouldn't eat fucking sp- the SpaghettiOs. He spills jambalaya into his eye. He wasted those SpaghettiOs. I, those are yeah. some good-looking SpaghettiOs. And it's like, it's the apocalypse. You don't have a reason to be picky. Well, he also probably started a fire after throwing that burning photograph <laughs> up the goddamn window. That is That's a wide rush down there. I mean, seriously. They should have had, like, a scene between them leaving the apartment of him just standing in front of the burning apartment in villain pose. The family's just <laughs> confused. Like, why do you have to do that every time you burn something down, Governor? God damn it, Governor. Just shut up and make love to me. <laughs> <laughs> Silently, next to a child. That was <laughs> a child and a lesbian with a gun. Governor plays a dangerous game. <laughs> you also know, they took the governor's pants off. His dick had a fucking eye patch. <laughs> she took that eye too. God damn it, Michonne! You've lost it in the apocalypse. <laughs> What's funny is that in the comics, I think she actually does uh, um, give his dick an eye patch. Pretty much. I believe she does some stuff to his genitals. I mean, she does a lot. She cuts off his arm. She it goes yeah. American Mary on him. She fucks with the dude. Yep. And he didn't deserve it. Well, I guess he did all that horrible stuff to her, but... Yeah, that mustache and a tank. 
I know. It's like hurting Tom Zavini. You just can't bring yourself to do it. <laughs> By the way, I will say the um, they seem to have it really well off in that apartment, so I don't know why they wanted to leave so Yeah, bad. it was it was strange. I mean, they didn't even bring any of their food with them. That was it was odd. Did they did, did they not bring the brownie sticks? <laughs> they brought a little bit, a couple boxes, but I remember being weirded out by that line for some reason that they just have a ton of brownie sticks. It's like, it's like they is there some kind of weird promotion going on? Yeah, like who just has brownie sticks? Like why is there a scene based around brownie sticks? I didn't even know that was a thing. Morrissey's a big fan. He asked them to write it into the show. <laughs> candy cakes, candy cakes, <laughs> tasty cakes, candy cakes. Um. What was I about to say? Hero, you take it away. Wolverine, Governor. Thank you. Uh, fuck, I still don't remember. MB? Uh, Wolverine, Governor versus Sabretooth Rick. Wow. Rick does look like Sabretooth. Just imagine Andrew Lincoln, like, just doing his fingernails across, like, the car. While strolling up to Michonne. You figured out how to kill me yet? <laughs> Governor just throws a semi at him. Oh, now I remember what I was going to say. How do you lie that long in the zombie apocalypse and still not figure out how to kill zombies? I know they haven't left the apartment building, but Jesus Christ, wouldn't you have accidentally done it by now? She was a nurse. It's her job to heal people, not hurt them. God, they are unequipped. That's why it's most likely they're all going to die horribly, because they are unequipped. Yeah. I, was, I was fully expecting the two women to just be eaten alive by the horde while they're in the pit. It's amazing okay. that they're survived. I was just expecting the governor to just blow the apartment up the second the oxygen tanks were mentioned. Yeah, I I mean, I, I have to admit, like, that was the first thought that crossed my mind when that was mentioned, like, I, okay, so that's his plan. That's his end game here. I like <laughs> it we're all we just, just looking ways for the him to kill everyone in the episode. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, we were doing that Every single minute, like, after every single scene, it's like, he is going to kill them so horribly. The thing is, I'm pretty sure that was intentional. I mean, they even have the subplot with him getting another gun that ends up to be something completely different. Yeah. I think it's just the fear that's in the back of everybody's head, because every TV show does the Sympathy for the Devil episode, where you think the villain's a nice guy, and then he ends up being an asshole and killing everybody at the end. I was very relieved that they didn't go the obvious route with this episode. Yet, maybe they may have been also playing in a way that the governor himself is afraid that he's just going to kill everybody. Yeah, I think there was very much a element of that at least because he seems to be he seems to be fighting his very own nature. Yeah, because he's self aware at this point that he's a monster. It's like Skynet. No, it's not. <laughs> governor Net. Sorry, everybody suddenly has an eye patch. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's taking over. Anyway. We all become tanks. We all are tanks. That's a bad thing. Every one of us. We're all infected. So, so we'll have to tune well, in Herschel next is already one-third tank, I just want to say. He, he's robot Herschel. <laughs> um, I guess we'll find out next week whether or not we retroactively hate this episode. <laughs> but really strong episode that a lot of people, of course, are calling boring. A lot of people are just... I mean... The fact that I, I brought up the rise of the governor in, in like a chat room, um, well, a chat on Facebook, and like people were like, "Wait, what?" I, I didn't get that connection. I think that oh, that's actually going to go over a lot of people's heads 
which in some point I kind of like in it, and another I kind of like. I kind of wish they understood. Yeah, actually, weirdly, read a review where the person obviously read Rise of the Governor, but felt that they were just using it, but they were they were still going to play the redemption storyline with the governor, and I don't see it going that way at all. No, I don't. I don't think. And if they if they actually try to do that, the writers would be very naive. I mean, they pretty much almost tried to have their cake and eat it too with the governor last season mm-hmm. for a while before just turning him straight villainous. And that was Andrea's entire role, and that's why it failed miserably. <laughs> so I don't see them being able to go back after the after all the horrible things he did. Let's not bring the A word into this. <laughs> She's hot. Yeah, she should have done the dishes. Oh, season two, Lori. Thank God you're dead. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think they're going to retcon the uh, last scene in internment with the scary music of Governor watching to him wanting to seek... No, that's like the ep- that's actually the epilogue of yeah. That's where this. That's where that's going to be the end of the next episode, pretty much. Because otherwise, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, I say I was kind of expecting that to be the end of this episode. That was with him just showing up at the at the prison and wanting sanctuary for him and his family. I had no idea. Which, yeah. which you guys seem to be dreading. I admit that would be an interesting place to go. I don't think it's necessarily what I would want right now, but it would be fascinating just to see how they would deal with that. With all this build-up to wanting revenge on the governor and him just practically surrendering himself. Well, I think the problem is we would have to be forced to watch that in characters that wouldn't probably act in the way that they should be acting. Like They pretty much all have reason to want to kill the governor, but it'd be like season two all over again, where it's like, no, no, we can't. We have to just let this happen. At some point, it's like, how far do you really take it? The idea of, um, oh, well, I mean, we we have to figure out a way to keep him alive. And it's like, you know, they all have a, an, an insane reason to kill him. And they already pretty much did the exact same thing with Merle last season. That's what I was going to say. End up with another Merle situation where it's like, well, he's part of the group now. Yeah. Because. He just threw a fucking zombie at me and beat the shit out of me, but he's a part of the group now. Oh, fair, now he's I, dead. Yeah, to be fair, I kind of actually like that with Merle. With the well, governor, that, I think it it's an entirely different story. Because it is. It worked with Merle, but you couldn't do that again. I mean, that's yeah. not to bring up Andrea it. again, but that's why you can't have Andrea sleep with Shane and the governor. <sighs> can't do that twice. Yeah, Can't I mean, be all arrow about it. you got to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> the other A word. <laughs> but anyway, good episode. <laughs> Thumbs up. Thumbs up all around. You're Crazy here for everybody. Final thoughts, Hero? All right. I'm going to call it now. Next episode, the governor comes to the prison looking for redemption, and he does this by absorbing the virus inside of him. He just runs in there, ripping his clothes off, screaming, Take me! Take me! He's Colossus now? <laughs> just the virus goes inside of him and through his mouth, like in the green mile, and he just drops dead. They make a monument to him. They talk about him posthumously. He truly was the best of us. He truly was the governor. (laughs) Rick tears up. (laughs) They all wear eye patches. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of having a fucking black sleeve on, they just have eye patches. It's still also, have the red. It's still have the red Superman ass for some reason. Here's a question about the governor. It would. How is this? Is a question about the governor driving? 
How? One-eyed people drive. I know they drive, but he is. there's no way he's gotten that much practice in to drive a giant truck twice well, in this episode. Well, it did break down. That is true. You know, the funny thing is, it just ran out of gas. They could just fucking put more gas in them, I mean, all things considered. The governor doesn't think like that. He's got crazy hair. He had crazy hair. He needs to get it back. That's bullshit, man. Also, he has a gray fucking beard. He does. God damn you, evil Rick. Anyway, we've talked far enough about governation. The real title of this episode. Such governation. <laughs> you have to tune in next week for part two of governation. Let's name dead, my new band, dead by the weight. way. Uh, episode seven. Walking Dead. I like how it rhymes. Live bait, dead weight. Yeah. It's clever of them. Uh, That's clever of them. Fuck you, episode titlers. Anyway. So that's been the Pulping Dead discussing uh, episode six of season f- whatever, f- four. Uh, I'm, four. It's late. It's season late. Eight. Yeah. yeah, whatever. It's late. Live bait. It all rhymes. I've been Mike. I've been one legged at me. And I've been James. R.I.P. T. Dog. Jenner lives. <laughs> wow. I. Of, hmm. Anyway. Shane was right. Thank <laughs> you.